Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. That was worth getting out on a rainy night just to come and be in the presence of the Lord for that. Take your Bible, turn with me to the Gospels, the Gospel of Mark. And I shared this in the early service this morning. I didn't share it in the second service, but uh, this last week uh, I was preaching and teaching. And Sue Campbell back there, she brought her dad and a friend. And they're up in their 90s. And so after the service, Sue said that uh, they said, uh, well, that was good tonight. Is that your regular preacher? And she said, yeah, that's our regular preacher. And I said, you should have said, no, that's our irregular preacher. So uh, I'm going to be the irregular preacher tonight. Mark chapter 16, we're in a series on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now we believe in the Holy Spirit. Actually, we sang that tonight, didn't we? And uh, we are moving in the Holy Spirit. We believe we can be gifted by the Holy Spirit. But it really doesn't, I guess, carry a lot of weight what my opinion is. But how many of you know the Word of God carries a tremendous amount of weight? And so we want to see what the Word of God says. Now, some of you are going to be a little bit disappointed. You say, when is he going to get in the gifts of the Spirit? How many of you know you've got to lay a firm foundation? Because if you don't lay a firm foundation, you can't get where you're going. Mark 16, this is verse 14. Later, he appeared to the eleven. Now, he has resurrected. He's already appeared to the women. Now Christ is going to appear to those disciples. As they sat at the table, he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs shall follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons or devils. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Let's pray. Father, thank you for our gathering tonight. Let your word come into our hearts, our lives. Let it change us, equip us, empower us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I want you to look back there. He said, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. He does not believe will be condemned. These signs shall follow those who believe. Now, he did not delegate, relegate, narrow down in verse 17 just those that were hearing him. He opened this up and it's a, it's a wide gate here in the text. And I know the, the gate is narrow and, and the road is narrow that we're on, but how many of you know this is an encompassing verse here? He allowed us to see about those who are believers in my name this will happen. Everybody see that in that verse? Now, you're going to hear somebody say, well, that was just for those who were listening. Now, you have to reconstruct the verse to get that equation. He said it's to those who believe. Say that with me. It's to those who believe. Let's say it again. It's those who believe. Now, I want to go back to last week because we started on this journey with spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Now, Paul began chapter 13, which is right in the center of the beginning of the spiritual gifts in chapter 12. Then in chapter 14, he talks about prophecy and tongues. And he brings us to the center 
of how spiritual gifts should operate, and they should operate in love. So I just want to rehearse just a little bit tonight so we can kind of get on the same page. He said, though I speak the tongues of men and angels and have not charity, agape love, he says, I am nothing. And he goes through, you know, if I could believe, if I could prophesy, if I give my body. He said, they hear nothing, I am nothing, their prophet's nothing. So he says, if we have spiritual gifts, but don't operate in those gifts in the right way, right attitude, not in love, he said, it is really equaling nothing. But let me reverse that tonight. But if we do it right, it is something. Okay. But if we do it right, it's something. And it's something marvelous, something powerful, something godly. It's of the Holy Spirit. Can I hear an amen? So spiritual gifts should edify and build one another up. So we're in the business. As you come in here, you want to leave better than you came. I don't want people leaving and saying, boy, that was such a downer. Um, I wish I'd never went. How many have ever been to that church where you were worse off than when you came? Uh, well, some of us have been there, I can tell you. And so we don't want to be that. We want to bless people, want to edify them, want to build them up. Spiritual gifts have an order, a proper protocol. It, it operates in the right way. Spiritual gifts are submissive. So there is submissiveness to spiritual gifts. Now, take your Bible. brings us up to John chapter 20. So we're in the Gospel of John chapter 20. Jesus said to them, now he's talking to the disciples, peace to you, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. So I want you to see the scene. Jesus gathers those disciples. He breathes on them, and he says, Receive the Holy Spirit. Whenever I read that, I, I mentioned that this morning in a class, that it reminds me of, of the Lord fashioning Adam out of the dust of the earth and breathing into him, and he became a living soul. Now, you and I need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to make this statement. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit, but it's by our efforts. You say, well, what does that mean? The Holy Spirit needs somebody to work through. So we, we don't bring the power. We don't bring the giftedness other than we're used by the Holy Spirit. So it's the power of God, it's the power of the Holy Spirit, but we are endeavoring, we are operating in that power and in that calling. Now look at verse number 22. He said, receive the Holy Spirit. Say that with me. Receive the Holy Spirit. Now there's two things that stand out in this passage that I want you to catch because I think it's important. Number one, he says, peace to you. The Holy Spirit first brings us inner peace. It's hard for you to let something flow out of you. And we're going to talk about this here in a moment. If you and I are not in the position and the, the place where the Lord can use us, it's very difficult when you're not at peace to bring peace to somebody else. When you're not empowered, it's hard to bring that quality and that strength to somebody else. It has to first start in you. And it has to first start in me. Can I hear an amen? So he says, first of all, peace to you. And then he said, and I send you. So it becomes personal to us. And then he says, I send you out. 
Now the third thing that stands out here is he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. So you're going to see in the next few verses that we cover tonight, this word receive appears over and over and over and over again. Receive, 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 receive. Now, turn over just a few pages to Acts chapter 1. So this dialogue continues. How many of you know in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let everything be established? It, it, we can't build a doctrine on one verse. We can't build a doctrine on one verse. Matter of fact, anything that's substantial in the kingdom of God, you're going to have verse after verse after verse over it. How many of you agree with that? So the Bible's not going to deal with a, a major issue, only one, you know, drive-by time. It, it's going to be something that's significant. Acts chapter 1, um, verse 4, Jesus has been with them about 40 days after the resurrection. He's getting ready to ascend in chapter 1. But before he ascends, he brings them together. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Now, what's the promise of the Father? It's the Holy Spirit. The promise of the Father is the Holy Spirit. Which he said, you have heard from me. This is not the first time I've mentioned this. I've talked about this. We, we, we have dialogued about this. I've breathed on you already and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So you gather in this upper room. We had the pleasure about two years ago of being in that upper room where they received the Holy Spirit. It was a powerful experience for me. And, and so he says, don't leave, but wait for the promise of the Father. You've heard from me. Verse 5, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will it will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know times or seasons which the Father's put in his own authority, but you shall receive, everybody say receive. receive. Here, here it pops up again. Everybody say it? He said, you shall receive what? Power after that or when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth of the world. Now, the two things that appear there that we saw just previously, number one is receive, and he says, I'm going to send you out to the other most parts of the world. Remember, he said, peace to you, and I what? I send you. Everybody's not called to go to Africa. Everybody's not called to go to Mexico. But you are called to go somewhere. It may be to the den in your own room. It may be across the street to a neighbor. It may be to your workplace, it may be to your school, it may be wherever, but we're all sent somewhere. So he says, receive the power of the Holy Spirit and be witnesses. The first thing, the first priority of the power of the Holy Spirit is to be a witness for Jesus Christ. First thing. Before you ever get into anything that we see as spiritual gifts, before the word of wisdom or the word of knowledge or faith or miracles or any of those. And those are extremely important. But he did not start there. The first place he started was, you need to be my witness. You need to make disciples. You need to proclaim who I am. That's the first order of the power of the Holy Spirit. First thing. You are my witnesses. Now, Take your Bible. Let me, let me turn over there with you. John, the Gospel of John, chapter 1. We see in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. 
And John says, we beheld him, we handled him. But go down to verse number 12. It says, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So if I'm going to receive the Holy Spirit, I've got to receive Jesus before I receive the Holy Spirit. You agree with that? Yes. I've got to receive Jesus before I receive the Holy Spirit. Now that verse says, to many as receive him, we're talking about Jesus, it says, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God. So the first thing I do as a believer is I receive Jesus Christ. So I have to receive Jesus first. I can't say, oh Lord, give me your Holy Spirit. No, I've got to receive Jesus Christ. Because guess who the baptized with the Holy Spirit is? Jesus is the baptizer of the Holy Spirit. So see, John can baptize you with water, but you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So we have to first receive Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 21, verse 22. So if this thing of receiving is so important, if I have to receive, if I must receive, if I'm called to receive, if the mandate is to receive, how do I do that? Listen to Matthew 21, 22. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. So how do I receive? Here's the key. I ask, I believe, I receive. Say it with me. I ask, I believe, I receive. That's how I receive. You say, well, I'm not receiving. Are you asking? You have not because you... You ask not. And if I ask, I have to ask in faith. I've got to ask believing. And if I ask believing, he says, then I'm going to do what? Have some receiving. So I have to receive Jesus Christ. I receive him by faith. Do you know you receive the power of the Holy Spirit by faith? Same way. Yeah. Everything in this kingdom, and I say this often, and please don't get tired of it, the currency of the kingdom is faith. Everything operates by faith. The just shall live by faith. This is a faith walk. This is a faith operation. Everything operates by faith. So I have to receive Jesus Christ, and whatever things I ask in prayer, believing, I will receive. I ask, I believe, and then I receive. Now, one of the things that we have to understand about this entirety of salvation, spiritual empowerment, it's all a gift. Every bit of it's a gift. Salvation's a gift. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You can't earn it. can't be holy enough, good enough, righteous enough, educated enough. You can't have enough money, power, position. We just reach out by faith and we receive it. And for some of us, that's kind of hard to do. It's kind of like we argue over things. I'll pick up the check. No, I got the check. I'll pay for the check. No, I'll get the check. Somebody has to be submissive. Somebody has to just back off and say, okay, I just received the gift that you're giving me. Or someone blesses you. Uh, you know, it, it, it's better to uh, give than what? Receive, because sometimes receiving is difficult. Because you have to defer to the other one to receive. 
And guess what we had to do to come to Christ? We had to defer to him. We had to lay our will down. We had to be submissive to him. Not only to Christ, but we also have to be submissive to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Salvation's a gift. The Holy Spirit's a gift. So we're receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. So how do we receive? We ask, we believe, we just accept and receive. It's by faith. Do you know... When, when you go through the book of Romans in chapter 12, which is one of the gift chapters, and it talks about the gifts, the words used there is the word charis, where we get the words charismatic. How many have ever heard the term charismatic? That's where that comes from. It comes from the word charis. The word charis simply means grace gift. It means it's a gift that came to you simply by the grace of God. It is a grace gift that comes to us so that Nobody can boast of salvation. You, you can't boast of spiritual gifts. You can't boast of your power. You can't boast of any of it. Because why? It is a grace gift that has been given to us by Almighty God through the Holy Spirit. And we are just receiving that. And he gives those as it pleases him. Can I hear an amen? I mean, that's what he does. Acts chapter 19. Here's an interesting passage. Now, Paul is passing through the upper coast of Ephesus. And while he was uh, passing through, now it says Apollos was at Corinth. So now Paul is going through the upper regions of Ephesus. Verse 1, finding some disciples or certain disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Or one translation says, Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And they responded to him, We have not even heard whether there be any Holy Spirit. How many of you know, some of you went to that church. Oh, y'all don't shout me down because I'm preaching good. You never heard about much of the Holy Spirit. You know why? They didn't teach on it. They didn't preach on it. Now, why would they not do that? I'll give you two reasons. Number one, because probably... It got out of control or out of order, which we talked about last week at, at Corinth, and they shut it down. Or secondly, it did not fit in their denominational doctrinal structure. But this is what I found out. We're obligated to preach the whole counsel of God. Correct? So, so we're, we're preaching the whole counsel of God. And so we want the moving of the Holy Spirit. When we're in praise and worship, I want our singers, our musicians to be under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, don't you? I, I want to feel the movement of the Spirit here. I, I don't want to have karaoke night. I'm not interested in a sing-along. Now, the world's doing that, and, and they're under a different spirit when they're doing it. It's our spirits. But, but I want to be feeling the Holy Spirit as we worship. I want to feel something that's charging me and empowering me and anointing me and stirring me on the inside. I don't want to hear another lecture or three points in a poem. I want something to get a hold of my heart and my soul, even if it steps on my toes, even if it stirs me up, even if it works me over. Can I hear an amen? I need... God to touch me at my core and most of the time that's not going to happen unless something drives that home to me under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And so therefore, 
He says, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Or did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, we've not even heard as much whether there is a Holy Spirit. Now, go with me to John chapter 7. Now, we're not going to stay long tonight. But I, I do want to lay a foundation so that when we get into this, we have a deeper understanding about the working of the Holy Spirit. I believe that you and I cannot even come to Christ unless the Spirit of God is working in our life. Anybody believe that? We can't even come to Christ unless the Spirit draws us. But yet when we do come to Christ, there is an empowerment that we need. It's not that we just want to get saved, and certainly we want to get saved, but we want to be someone. We want to be a force. We want to be the children of God. We want to be the people of God that are making a difference in our world. And how do we do that? We cannot do that by our own efforts. It's his power. It may be our efforts. But it has to be him working through us. Now in John chapter 7, Jesus is a feast. And he cries out and he, he makes this declaration. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said... Out of his belly, and some translations say out of his heart, will flow rivers of living water. Now the ancients believe that the core of your emotions, the core of who you are in your inward man, your soul and your spirit, was in your gut or your belly. That's where we get the term, I've got a gut feeling. Has anyone heard that? I've got a gut feeling. There's something way down inside of me. And I've, I've had a gut feeling before. Anybody had a gut feeling before? And that's where they get that. They, they said something way down deep inside of me. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit. Now he's talking about the Holy Spirit here. Whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now if you remember in Ephesians chapter 4, he who descended, ascended, and he gave gifts unto men. So Jesus is the baptizer of the Holy Spirit. John said it, I can baptize you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. So, so we're going to receive that endowment, that empowerment from Jesus Christ. And Jesus said it's like this. It is like a river that is flowing out of you. Now, what does he mean, a river flowing out of us? That is the power, that is the giftedness, that is the uniqueness of the Holy Spirit in your heart, my heart, your life, my life. It is the flow out of us of the Holy Spirit. Now, you cannot flow anything out of you that first hadn't got in you. Right? I can't flow anything out of me that first hasn't got in me. Now, it doesn't make any difference what you do. Whether you're a teacher, a welder, a preacher, a worship leader. Most of us know this. You got to get something down inside of you. When I get up to speak and I get up to teach and preach... Do you realize how many hours it took before I got up there for 30 minutes? Sometimes it's being on your face. Sometimes it's being in the Word. Sometimes it's prayer. Sometimes it's fasting. 
And the older I get and the more I do it, the more I realize I've dealt with this subject over and over and over and over and over again for 40 years. So God, when I get up there, help me to have something that's going to flow out of me. Help me to have something that's going to just come out of me. And you can't flow anything out of you until something first, what? Flows into you. That's why he goes over this over and over again. He says, you've got to receive. Re receive the Holy Spirit. Let me breathe on you. Receive something. Receive something. Receive something. Receive something. Why? Because I'm going to ask you to flow something, and you can't flow anything until you first receive something. Now, Isaiah addresses this in a different way. Isaiah, he begins to say that there is going to be a flow into the kingdom of God. But there can't be a flow into the kingdom unless first there's a flow out of the kingdom. So what's the flow out of the kingdom? I send you. You're going to be my witnesses. There's going to be flow out of your belly, out of your heart, out of your innermost being. There's going to be flow out of you. See, the outflow produces the inflow. But you can't have the outflow unless you first have a personal inflow. How many of you know what I'm saying? So when I have a personal inflow, then I can have a outflow and the outflow goes out from me and touches the people around me which produces the return flow. You know how this church is going to be filled over and over and over and over again? We have got to get an outflow out of our belly, our hearts and our lives. There's got to be a flow out of us to touch the people around us. And if we don't have a flow out of us, this place will wither and die. But the greater flow out of us, the greater what? Return flow back into us and the kingdom of God grows. That's exactly what happened in the book of Acts. That's why he said, wait, tarry, because you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The promise of the Father, he says, you need to receive, you need that inflow, and then you go out to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the world, and then you let it flow out of you. And that's exactly what they did. Matter of fact, you don't get about to the third chapter until the flow was so strong in Peter, he would walk down the streets and his shadow following on people would heal them. Let me tell you, that's a pretty good outflow, isn't it? So, so Peter's walking around, his shadow falls on people, they're being healed. He gets up that first day to preach. This guy who could not confront a girl at the palace of Caiaphas, who could not say, I'm a disciple, this guy who was back down at the fire by a teenage girl who said, I don't know him, he became the cussing preacher. He cursed and said, I did not know him, I do not know him, but now he is filled with the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, He's one of them in the upper room, the 120. The Holy Spirit comes, indwells them, empowers them. He gets up and preaches the first sermon in the early church, if you will. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel in the last day, saith the Lord, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. He preaches the sermon. And you talk about a flow. Pete had a flow, didn't he? I mean, he stood up and he preached. I mean, he preached uncompromising you with wicked hands. You have crucified the Lord of glory. This is what the prophet said. This is how it is. He preaches. He let it flow. 
And guess what happened? The return flow started. 3,000 people said, men and brethren, what shall we do? No, Peter said, I'll tell you what you do. You repent. Be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's to you, your children, and all them that are far off. And 3,000 got saved that day. That's a pretty good return flow. One guy preaches, 3,000 come back in. That's a good investment. I'd like to invest one dollar and get three thousand back. How many of you know we're waiting for that altar call? And I believe it's coming. How's it come? We've got to have a flow out of our life. Out of our belly shall flow rivers of living water. We have to have a flow. Three things and I'm done. Number one, there is no flow when there's no reception. There's no flow when there's no reception. If we're not receiving, no flow. You ever tried to talk to someone on the phone when you get bad reception? I'm sorry I didn't get that. Why didn't you get it? No reception. I'm in a hole, traveling. I guess I'm too far from the tower. Whatever the case, there is no flow where there is no reception. That's why he keeps coming back to this over and over. He says, receive, 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 receive. Why do we need to keep receiving? Because you keep flowing. I've also learned this. You can't just give it out one time and receive it one time. This has got to be a constant flow. Constant flow. We're, we're, we're always in the, the receiving mode. So we can always be in the flowing mode. So I'm receiving, I'm believing, I'm asking, I'm believing, I'm receiving, I'm asking, I'm believing, I'm receiving. Because once it flows out of you, guess what? You need a, you need a more of, of a fresh flow in your life. So we, we have to have the flow. Number two, the ministry of the spiritual gifts is an outflow of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So when we get over to a word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, miracles... Gifts of healing, discernment, tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy. When we get into those gifts, every one of those gifts is just an outflow of the Holy Spirit. Every one of those gifts is an outflow of the Holy Spirit. And your flow will be a little different from my flow. Because we don't all have the same spiritual gifts. Every unique gift is unique in its own operation according to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. There are different gifts and there are different operations of those gifts. Matter of fact, when you get to the gifts of healing, it doesn't say the gift of healing. There is a plurality of healing. How many of you believe that all healings don't happen the same way? And Jesus proved that. To some people, he just spoke the word. To some people, he said, go show yourself to the priest. Some people, he spit on the ground and made mud and smeared it in their eyes. He said, go wash in the pool. But other blind men, he didn't do that to. Every healing doesn't happen the same way. So if we're thinking every miracle is going to happen the same way, hey, get that out of your head. God is a unique God. And so that flow out of us 
can be unique in the way that it comes. And here's number three. The flow is received by us, but it flows from us. It's received by us, but it flows from us. Now, this is what happens to some folks. I think they get into trouble because they think they're the source of the flow. Don't you? I think they think they've got it down. I think they say, well, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm the origin of this flow. No, you're just the vessel that it's flowing through. I'm just the vessel it's flowing through. You're the hose. He's the spigot. Amen? It, it's just flowing through you. But you don't originate the source. The source is who? The source is the Holy Spirit. So we, we talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We talk about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. We, we talk about how it should operate, the protocol, the order, how that God operates within that. And once we get that down and we lay the foundation of who's operating, who has the power, how does it operate, how does it flow, then we can get down into our own particular understanding of those spiritual gifts. So we're, now we're allowed to begin to operate in those in the parameters of what God wants us to do. How many of you are glad that some of the roads you go down have guardrails? I have traveled a few times up in the mountains and uh, I can tell you there are times when Carrie's with me I make her extremely nervous. Now, most of you know, some of those mountain roads, when you're on those roads, if, if you're on the, uh, the passenger side and, and the, uh, the chasm is on your side, you're looking out your window and all you see is air. And you're not in control of the vehicle. And it can make you extremely nervous. But if there's a guardrail there, it makes you feel a little bit better because you're in the parameter of the road. And what God does in his word, he says, okay, I'm going to take you up to heights that you've not been to. I'm going to put you behind the power of the wheel that is more powerful than you've ever realized. But I also want to keep you within the guardrails and the parameters of how it operates because if you get outside of that, it just doesn't work right. But if you stay in the parameters of that, guess what happens? You edify people, you build them up, you meet their needs, you touch their lives, and you glorify me. And in the process of glorifying him, and I'll leave you with this, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. But if you be lifted up, you'll probably end up going down. You remember Herod when he came out to give his great speech? It's one of the last times we hear of him. He got up and he gave a speech and they gave him so many good accolades. Someone shouted out, it's the voice of a God and not a man. And then I guess Herod kind of believed his own uh, legacy and his own uh, fame and uh, the Bible says from that moment the worms begin to eat him up and he died. That would be a bad way to, to go. But God help us to understand the foundation 
the operation, the receiving, the Holy Spirit, so we can operate in such a way that we bring glory to God. And if we do that, we're going to see a whole new season open up in our lives. I, I can envision this. We, we, we already see it. But people are going to say things. They're going to pray for people. They're going to have insight to people's uh, lives and situations that only God would know how to minister to their, their hearts, their lives. And when they do that, guess what happens? They leave knowing that God has spoken and moved in their hearts. And he used us as the vessel. Out of our belly, out of our hearts, begin to flow that living water that only he provides. Can I hear an amen? Stand with me. Join me around this. We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory and hope changes everything.